Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Nine State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me once again, former longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks Joe? again for joining me. No problem. Uh, we're once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. As always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, and you listen to the show every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And here we are now, um, what, two-thirds of the way. Uh, it seems really, really strange that we're already two-thirds of the way through the regular season. Um, you're just finishing up the sixth week of the season last week. Um you know, we're a little bit closer to kind of knowing, I think, a little bit of what the playoffs might look like. Uh, of course, a lot still going on. Um, I don't know. What was your kind of maybe big takeaway from uh, from the weekend? My big takeaway from the weekend, Londonderry is as good <laughs> as we thought they were. No, they're not. They're better they're than better, we thought. Yeah. And, and yeah. We, th we thought they were probably the best team in the state. And I think they're better than we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> they are really good. Uh, I've kind of <coughs> gone back and thought about games that I saw earlier in the year, specifically that Londonderry Wyndham game yep. two weeks ago, and kind of readjusted what my thinking is on where everyone is. You know, I, you know, and and maybe those two games are really are those three games: Londonderry Bedford, Londonderry Wyndham, and then also Salem Wyndham from this past weekend. Uh, Wyndham gave Salem a very good game yeah. uh, um, this past Saturday. Uh, they actually scored on Salem, which no one else other than Londonderry has done this year. Uh, I, I think it, we were talking a before we started here that Salem's given up 49 points this year. Londonderry scored 42 of those points. Right. Windham the other seven. So, uh, you know, Salem did win 17-7 on Saturday, but that was a, a, a game that was much closer than I thought it was going to be. Yep. But in hindsight, you know, I guess it just says that maybe how much better Londonderry is than everyone else right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that win this weekend over Bedford, which is the defending state champion, I forget what their win streak 17, was 17 games in a row. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of those 17 convincing wins in a row. Right, it wasn't yeah. Like they were eking out wins or, you know, having something that just happened to fall their way here or there. I mean, they've been a dominant force uh, in terms of that winning streak. And, you know, I, I, so I saw that game, and uh, my takeaway was Londonderry is a complete football team. Um, you know, um, Jeff Wiedenfeld gets a lot of well-deserved press. I, I think what caught me most about him was that he's not what I would have – what I've come to believe is that sort of the stereotypical Londonderry offensive skill player is kind of a slippery, fast – you know, you can almost envision they, they do two seasons of track or track and lacrosse right. and then they play football. Yeah, there. yeah. He, he's got speed, but he is a powerful, like, lower body type of guy that's just physical. And he he pounded his way through a very, very good Bedford defense that is also physical and strong and big. And he sort of dictated terms from them, and not even late in the game. I mean, right from the get-go. But Evan Cormier, uh, uh, not uh, Evan uh, Cormier. Uh, no, now I can't. Jake, uh, uh, Jake McEachern. Jake McEachern. Yes. He, who's the quarterback, yes. right, is also very good. And um, who's the, the receiver that I mentioned? Uh, Cole uh, Keegan. Keegan yeah. was the player of the game, I thought, because Keegan scored the first two touchdowns. Um, the second catch that he made was just an incredible sort of jump ball over, over the Bedford defender. And he had an interception that put an end to what was probably Bedford's re only real bid for a scoring drive when the game was still in contention right. at, at 14 nothing so um they're loaded they look good they look <laughs> yeah good. they they are um 
I mean, they're, you're right. They're as close to a complete team, I think, as we've got in the state right now. Um, you know, they're th- and the thing that I think makes the biggest difference, uh, you know, we talked, I think, you know, I talked to get, um, through the year about how big Bedford's lines are, um, you know, that they probably have the biggest line in the state right now, uh, you know, and that's going to be tough for a lot of teams to go against. But Londonderry, I think, has maybe the equalizer there, and that is that speed. Yeah. I think their speed is elite it's and it makes them you know it, it's it's great if you're big and strong and can hit a guy but if you can't catch him right it's really tough to you know tough to do that yeah and you know you mentioned Wiedenfeld that that he, he's much more of a power runner than maybe people think about um and he might be I mean not that he's slow no but he might be the slowest skill guy they've got because yeah. they have so much speed on that team right yeah, he uh, doesn't need to be fast because he's very downhill, and he just finds a you know he finds a seam, and he knows exactly how to hit it. Yeah, and he hits it yeah. with a lot of a lot of thunder, which is nice yeah. in an offense like that. You know, they have uh, Londonderry does has a game coming up Friday, probably their last big test before the playoffs start. Um, they host Goffstown, which is uh, five and one, and probably about as from here as banged up as can be. Um, you know, they they eke out a win over a one-point win over central this past weekend yeah and lose probably you know a couple of couple of key players in the process i know they'd been banged up earlier in the year um a central team by the way which has been improving i want to make sure i mention that i know they're they're probably not you know they're probably a little disappointed in the way their season has gone but they've it's clear they're improving every week uh, and I, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned yeah. that because that's I know that's a young group there. And they gave uh, they gave Bedford a pretty good game two weeks ago. They sure did uh, yeah. for about about two and a half quarters. Yep. Uh, that was a close one. They actually had the lead in the third quarter of that game. Right. Uh, so yeah, London Londonderry gets Goffstown this week uh, before they finish out the year playing Central and Memorial the last two weeks. All three of those games, I would expect Londonderry to win. Um, yeah, on paper you would, on, yeah, you would make yeah. that assumption, um, yeah. which would put them nine and zero. Number one seed in the in the cluster, um, you know, and then it's I, I mean they got to go through probably three three tough games in the playoffs I would think. Yep. Um, you know, but I think coming in behind that is getting a little bit interesting. You now have Bedford with a loss, Goffstown with a loss, although two Bedford, so they finish tied. Bedford would have the number one seed yep. or the the number two seed I would right, say. Right. You'd say they'd have the advantage. However, they got. They've got a kind of tough schedule to finish out the season going to playing Salem actually on Saturday at Haverhill, Saturday afternoon at Haverhill. And uh, that's Bedford. Bedford. Uh, yeah. Bedford. I, mean, I don't remember the last time Bedford played on a Saturday. I mean, other than on, like playoffs. Um, well, they uh, when they go to Goffstown, they, they oh, play, yeah, but they're yeah, playing. But, but yeah, with um, I guess I guess <laughs> Haverhill's still in the triple E threat. Yeah. Um, so for whatever be, reason. Yeah. yeah. So that game had to be moved from Friday night. To Saturday afternoon, yeah. Uh, no, so no ten, no, no ten o'clock kickoff this time. That's if good. Where your any early birds want to get out there, but uh, that's two o'clock, and then they end the season at Pinkerton. So, two tough games to finish out the year for Bedford. You know, Goffstown plays Londonderry this week, then they play Salem. So they have two tough games. So that's it's going to be interest an interesting stretch run. Um, you know, some weird things could potentially happen. Uh, you know, I wouldn't count on. I, I I think right now, looking at it, your four playoff teams are going to be Londonderry, Bedford, Goffstown, Salem, in some order there. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're coming down to the last week of the season and Wyndham or Pinkerton 
you know, maybe there's an outside. Well, maybe not Wyndham at this point with four four losses would be tough for them to get in. Yeah. Um, and Pinkerton will be swinging for their lives at I mean the end they, of that yeah, season. Yeah. And that's a, that's a program that's used to being there. That can be very powerful. Yeah, so I think it's going to be an interesting finish on that side. Uh, but, geez, not, not as interesting as what's going on in the, the east-west cluster right now. Yeah. Uh, I know last week we had four, four teams that were uh, vying for those last two playoff spots behind North and Exeter. Portsmouth comes away with a, an upset loss against Dover that yeah. pretty much, I mean, mathematically they're still in it, but they finish up the year with uh, with games against Exeter, North, and Merrimack, not in that order. Yeah, uh, Merrimack's this week. Merrimack is this week, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to be a real uphill battle for them. So that means you're looking at the other side with South, BG, and Merrimack all kind of in line for that two of those playoff spots. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because – Dover was primed for a win, I think. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily mean against Portsmouth, but that's another team where we, we, we were talking about um, Central kind of improving every week. You know, Dover's gotten better every week. They've got a couple skill guys like uh, Sprague, who's their running back, is a really, really good player. Um, and, and, you know, all it takes is getting one of those guys going. They have a young quarterback whose name escapes me at this point, but he's pretty good too. Um, so that it did, I, I wouldn't say it didn't – I don't want to say – it wasn't a surprise because it kind of was the way Portsmouth has been playing, but you could see Dover was kind of slowly coming along as a young team. I I think there was some weather that impacted that game too. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of an odd um, night I think across the state. You know, you you know everybody I think in the middle of the state. I mean, it was pretty clear. Yeah. You know, in Bedford the other night, I was out in Monadnock. It was it was a gorgeous night, fall yeah. night out there. Uh, a little overcast, but pleasant weather wire temperature wise no rain and then you look at what was going on on the seacoast you had hammer, wind and right. rain and and all kinds of things you know that game was a 17-7 game um at portsmouth you had south going out to win a and beating them 19 to nothing yeah in a, in a similar kind of game which you know just i, I think speaks maybe more to those weather kind of games. so i mean those i mean that situation you're just kind of happy to to get out of there with a win, yeah. right? Yeah, and everybody healthy too, yeah. especially if the conditions are bad, you know. Yeah, um, you know that side of the the cluster this week, um, no real games that are going to be, you know, kind of those marquee matchups we've had, but some games that the the contenders are probably looking at as games what they need to win. You know, South is hosting Spalding, Merrimack's hosting Portsmouth, North is going out to Keene, Exeter hosts Dover. So, I mean, those are all kind of games. That I, I would think that all those teams are looking at those as, you know, we really got to focus on this week. Right. Because these are games that we should win. Yeah, if we trip up here, you know, if, if Merrimack trips up to a Portsmouth team who is probably still very good, by the way, um, or, you know, a scrappy Spalding team comes and bites uh, South. South, South, thank yeah. you. Then oh, and then, and then Winnicott is playing BG Saturday night. So. Yeah. yeah, there's another one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, th th you're exactly right. It may not be your marquee game week, but it's also a week where if there's a, if there's a slip up, I mean, one of those teams is, like you said, maybe not mathematically, but they're, they could essentially be done yeah, you, if yeah. you trip up on one of these games. So. And that will motivate some of those other teams that aren't in the mix, right? They play, they play some, spoiler. Oh, yeah, a right. Bit. They're oh, yeah. Hey, like, yeah. hey, let's, let's go get them, you know? Yeah. So it, 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 you could still get some really, really good games, I think, out of those. Yeah. Speaking of really good games, we had maybe the what the game of the week in uh, in Division Two this yeah. um, this past weekend. Uh, something about Pelham going to play those uh, Sauhegan Valley teams. Yeah, um, you know they played Milford to an, a one point loss in overtime earlier this year. 
this time they go to Sauhegan and they come away with a one point win yeah. in overtime when Sauhegan goes for two. Uh, yeah, it was after a role scoring in overtime. For yeah. Pelham. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so and that's twice, by the way, that Sauhegan's been involved in the game of the week in Division Two. Because you could argue that last week's Milford Sauhegan game was, you know, a game of the well, year candidate. And, so. and then you had them; they lost to their their other loss was a one point loss to Alvern on a two point conversion at the end of end of the game. Right. You know, so I mean, Sauhegan's what two points away from being undefeated and potentially the number one seed. Right. Uh, which I think just goes to to speak about how bonkers this division two is going to end up being when it's all said and done yeah um because i think you could argue that you have maybe six of the best eight teams in the division are in the in the south yeah and potentially one of them is not going to make the playoffs well and it's funny too because i've seen almost all of those teams now live some more than once i there's n- there's not a lot of separation between them. Like, no, it, no it, there's you not. Know, you could say, like, oh, hey, you know, the Sauhegan's that close to being. But any one of those teams probably could say that. I mean, again, I guess what I'm trying to say is on paper, I don't know who has a better team. You know, to me, Sauhegan's not that much better of a team than Milford, even though they beat them. And Pelham's not that much better of a team than Sauhegan, even though they beat them. And Alvar, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right, like, right. They, they're yeah. almost like they're all almost entirely equal. Right, uh, Hollis Brookline, same thing. I mean, I, I don't know that I would give any any of those teams we just mentioned an edge over them necessarily. Well, I mean, you look at the way the standings are shaping up, and a potential first round quarterfinal uh, in D two could be Hollis Brookline at Milford. Yeah, which you know you look on on um, at the this the score from that game week one Milford one thirty five twenty one. It was what twenty eight nothing at halftime. Yeah, it was. So they outscored Milford twenty. I mean Hollis from wasn't there but from everything i've heard everything you've said the things of hollis people have said um they really didn't start playing until after halftime in that game yeah outscored milford 21 7 in the second half yeah they got a little momentum rolling their way and they caught fire a little bit in that game and you know that that was helpful for them so i mean it's uh and and then you look too. um you know tried to pull this up real quick to look at the crossover games too you know you you've still got three left so egan still has to play bow alvern has to play john stark and there's one other one that I'm forgetting. Um, oh, and you have Sanborn plays Guilford Belmont. Yeah. And obviously the Sauhegan bow game is a I linchpin mean, game. Right. Right now, um, the South is 5-1 and one in the crossover games, with the one win for the North being Plymouth's 7-6 win over St. Thomas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I mean, maybe you could argue they're good matchups for the South, but I think just the South teams this year are just that much better, which I th- really makes that, that last game of the regular season interesting yeah. between Sauhegan and Bo. Um, it could be meaningless for Bo at that point. I mean, may I, I, unless you, you know, do they want to be the one seed, do they want to be the two seed? That right. could have that determination. Um, and it could be everything for Sauhegan because at that point you're looking at it, you know, if they win, they, you know, need, they may need a win in that game, and you're talking about a win over a team that's potentially 8-0, I mean that's huge for yeah. your point rating. It would, and that could go from boosting them to maybe out of the playoffs at that point to, you know, like a home game. Right. If it is, you know, I, I mean, I'm getting way ahead. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Way yeah. ahead of myself <laughs> here. So you please feel free to stop me. I was any, thinking anytime. that as we were. Yeah, uh, I yeah. started <laughs> it, so it's my fault. But, uh, but, but well, you know, and so that brings us to the other kind of big, big game that happened in Division Two this week, which was Milford's crossover against Kent. Yep, yeah. A decisive win. And, you know, we talked about that last week. Milford has a history of playing that crossover game uh, against a team that's 
you know, a very strong team from the north and kind of coming away with it pretty decisively. And this was no different, it seemed. You know, Kennett was – was Kennett undefeated going into that Yeah, game, they were. They were. And what was the Milford score? Do you remember what that was? It was pretty – They beat them – it was 42-21. So yeah. they doubled them up and, and you know, probably worth mentioning too that Milford um, – you know, they're averaging this year almost 39 points a game, uh, and that includes only scoring 14 against Pelham. Right. I mean, they're not typically a team that you think of that, that's able to put up a ton of points. So that, I mean, that's huge, I think, because, you know, if, you, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to score points. Yeah. Uh, which no one has really been able to do against them other than St. Thomas and, and Sauhegan. Sauhegan, right. Um, and that, you know, that, I think, uh, what do we got coming up this week, you know, you have um, Hollis and Sauhegan playing Saturday. I mean, that potentially could be an elimination game, you know, in a, in a sense. Yeah. You're looking back. I mean, and, and it kind of has been, I think. Uh, has Who won that game last year? Did Sauhegan or Hollis win that game? Uh, I think Sauhegan won that so, game. So, I mean, that Close. kept, yeah, and that kept Hollis from getting into the playoffs. Right. They missed last year. Um, the year before, didn't Hollis had a big comeback? The year before Hollis won that won. game. Yeah, yeah. The, so they, and I think that got them into the playoffs. Yes. So, I mean, th- this game is um, it's a it's a very pivotal one. Yeah, it is, and and it's gonna. It, I would imagine it'd be a lot of fun because that's a rivalry that is sort of, um, it's gone back and forth almost year to year. Well, since <laughs> in the last ten years or so. Yeah. I think in the early days it was uh, it was very. Oh yeah. Very yeah. Sauhegan. Yeah, uh, when when leaning. Hollis yeah. was a newer team yeah. and Sauhegan was at that peak, but. I mean, it uh, wasn't there. I believe wasn't Hollis's first playoff year. I think they had a it was a thirty five nothing loss to Sauhegan in, the in, an old, in an old D three yeah. uh semifinal, I think. No, the back. playoff game was very close actually. Was it? Like, it was like uh I think it was thirty four twenty twenty something or yeah, it was a it was a maybe I'm thinking of a all right yeah, or maybe it was the regular yeah, season. Because I game. coached for Hollis yeah, that year. Yeah. We actually we actually did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we were better than that, don't we? <laughs> um <laughs> you know, another game um, that probably won't draw a lot of attention this weekend that in D2 that, that is definitely a loser is out, um, and the winner might be out too, is uh, Weston St. Thomas mm. uh, uh, Friday night. Um, you know, it, it West at 3-3, three and three, which, um, you know, for them is, is, is a huge uh, point to be at. St. Thomas getting back to 3-3 three and three too with a big win over Conval last weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I, I texted you about that one. Uh, to remember, have to remember some numbers from that game because I think if you had uh, if you had Cam Paquette on your uh, your fantasy team, you did uh, you did, you did all quite right. all right this week. Yeah. He was twenty one out of twenty nine, three hundred twenty six yards and three touchdowns. Oh. Twelve of those, or excuse me, thirteen of those passes went to Adam Stewart, two hundred fifteen yards and two touchdowns. Oh wow! So just a, a huge game, offensive game for them. After you know they struggled. Um, you know, against Plymouth, yeah, and and kind of, you know, they were there with Milford for three quarters and 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 fell apart there in that fourth quarter. So yeah. that was a big win for them, even though, you know, it's a game that you probably look at and ex- and expected them to win. Yeah, yeah, but like you said, the way that they did it and and being able to reignite offensively at just the right time, take advantage of West a little bit is, you know, what kind of momentum is that going to propel them? you know ahead with now is is a, is a good thought and yeah it, it, you, you made another good point that i don't want lost is what a great start to the season for west now i know they have a tough road to hoe the next three weeks or so uh i think they have pelham left they have and sauhegan sauhegan and saint thomas and they have saint thomas yeah. this week yeah so that's um but you know what they played well if they're healthy um 
they might they might end up surprising somebody. Right. Got to make sure that I, we get to the, the game I was at Friday because uh, I, I went on a road trip, uh, made my first ever uh, trek out to Swansea to see Monadnock play. It's a beautiful uh, ride. It was the foliage <laughs> actually, nice? It was a, it was a yep. more pleasant ride than I expected. Yep. Uh, you know, I was a little nervous there about, the, about getting out there, you know, hitting it. 101 around that time when you know traffic is going to be yeah pretty bad but it wasn't um i didn't get stuck behind anybody that was you know Putting driving too slow yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh actually for a stretch there i was behind a car for probably the last 20 minutes the car in front of me also went to was going to oh Manhattan. is that right yeah, yeah yeah uh so i think we were both in the same uh same rush there yep. um you know, my fir- first time at Monadnock, seeing Hillsborough during Hopkinton, um, too. Uh, and I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like at times this year I've attracted just some bonkers kind of things happening. Yeah. Um, pretty ho-hum game until, uh, you know, I think I think um, Monadnock got up um, 16 nothing early. They were just they were shutting down Hillsborough during that looked like they would try to switch to a little bit of a a shotgun passing game a little bit there with their backup quarterback. Yep. Um, yeah, because Oberheim was out. Right? Was out, yeah. Yep. Ma- Max Costello got the start. Yep. Uh, they did a nice job. Monadnock did early of bottling up Colby Quiet. Yeah. It's uh, 16 nothing. Which nobody's really done, by the no, way. No, no. Yeah, even, even, even in the loss to Le- right. uh, Lebanon, Quiet still got his yards. Uh, so after the second touchdown, Monadnock, is, I guess they – they do kind of not really on sides kick, but but pooch sort it. Sort of a squib. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, looked like they recovered it, but you know the ball just went straight up in the air. Kid caught it. Um, they called two penalties, called an illegal touching, and a block in the back, which I don't, I I couldn't figure out how that happened on a, you know, on a kick that you aren't returning. I I, I don't know. I yeah. don't even know. Um, so Hillsborough got the ball at like Manadnock's forty-five, and Quiet goes first play. 45 yards for a touchdown. All yeah. of a sudden, it's uh, it's 16 to 16 to six because yeah. they didn't get the extra point. Um, yeah, and you're wondering right they, there. I'm wondering. That's okay, that's story. weird. Um, HDH kicks off and uh, Manadnock returns it for a touchdown. Yeah. So now it's 22 to six. I'm like, okay, this seems like it could be could be it. Um, and, and now I'm draw I'm drawing a blank on sequence of events here. Uh, I think they traded fumbles somewhere in there. There was a blocked punt by Manadnock. Oh, special uh, teams. And then all of a sudden, it, it looks like it looks like they're about to just kind of steamroll them. They're driving. It's fourth and three at, at Hillsborough's 28. And I couldn't see everything that happened from the angle that I was at. I saw a pitch uh, from um, Doyle, the Manadnock quarterback. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, the ball's like squirting backwards the other way. And Costello was kind of in line with where I was. I got some video of it, if you see it on there. And he just runs right in. Nobody's there. I, I don't think anybody from Manadnock knew the ball yeah. was back there. Scoops it up and Off to the goes races. the other way. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's 22-14. Um, kickoff is kind of weird. Like, a Manadnock let it bounce. Like it looked like it was going to go into the end zone, and all of a sudden, it goes sideways. Oh, <laughs> so God. They get the, yeah. They, <laughs> they recover the ball, and at, at their 19... And a couple of plays later, they fumble again. Hillsborough recovers it at the 19, and then all of a sudden they've got first and goal at the two. And uh, and and I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be a game now. Yeah. And they didn't score. Oof. Manadnock was able to to not only keep him out but push him back, 
went into the halftime up 22-14. They come out, get the kickoff for the second half, and return it for another touchdown. And that, and that was, was that was pretty much the game. Yeah. Uh, Which is interesting because if you go back to the Lebanon game, it was almost the same thing. It was kind of a weird first half, probably a little better played, a little cleaner than what you just described. <laughs> but it was like, you know, probably there was a there was a really interesting turn of events at the, at, you know, right. Right as the half was wearing out and then all the momentum shifted right at the start of the second half for, you know, in Lebanon's favor. It was almost the same script. Uh, I mean, obviously different events and things, but, you know. When you hear about some of those special teams things that happen, because I've seen a little bit of that too. I mean, as a coach, you try to impress upon your players how important the special team stuff is, but it's like if they're not paying attention to that stuff, whether it's during practice or whether it's on the field on game night, and, you know, two kick returns. Some Usually that's just because there's one guy that took a bad angle or one guy that didn't fit into the blocking scheme on the on the kick return team's part right you're supposed to right get yeah. This here and yeah you know you got out of your lane or whatever and that's it that's all it takes and they're gone and so those things are so important because it sounds like that's really what what twisted it there yeah well i mean the Manadnock's defense was just shutting down yeah i mean i, I think i i think I, I texted you about it uh i had quiet with 131 yards 113 of that came on his two touchdown runs yeah uh, he had 131 yards. The rest of the team had minus three yards. Right. So they really weren't able to do a whole lot offensively right. in that game. Um, you know, and and I came away really impressed with um, the running back from Anadnock, Lincoln Blodgett. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he's not a big guy, but he runs with so much power. I mean, he was he was running in their their conversions. They didn't they don't kick extra points. They go for two, and uh, there were a couple where. He'd break, fr- you know, he'd break through and be in the end zone, and it, like a kid would come up to try to hit, and he'd just blow the kid up. Like it was <laughs> in the end in zone. In the end zone, <laughs> yeah. I, w- I was like, man, you know, you know, damage one of these kids here. Yeah. It's, uh, but it was, I mean, he's and he's got speed. Yeah, uh, just a, a great combination of uh, of um, power and speed there. Um, he played a little bit for them last yeah, year. Yeah, I know yeah. that was a tough backfield to break into last oh, yeah. year with Hart and. Some of those other uh, guys that they had, yeah. but uh, Matt, I think Matson was yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. a really good player too. Uh, so, but I think he played a little last year. I remember his, I remember hearing his name last year, so that doesn't surprise me. So that um, you know that loss for uh, the Red Hawks sets up a pretty big important game for them on Friday or excuse me Saturday night. They have to go to Trinity, um, yeah. play Trinity, who's sitting Trinity there at five and one. Yeah, just had a big night. Again this week, right? They beat. Uh, they had well. They they beat Interlakes Moultonboro, but they put up sixty nine points right, in right. doing so. Yeah, and both Tebow brothers were just all over the field on that one, from what I saw. Um, you know, it's funny because you know we were talking a little bit about, you know, hey, were they for real in beating Campbell, or was that sort of an up down? You know, you know, hey, maybe Trinity was up that night, Campbell down, but then you go and you put almost seventy point hurting on somebody. Uh, they certainly didn't have any post victory elation problems there you know i mean they're they were they were fired up and ready to go and prove that they were for real so yeah i mean trinity could be what i mean you could argue given who's played who that they could be they could be the best team yeah i mean their their lone loss so far to lebanon um 21-7 second week of the season they've been putting up points like you know like everyone else or uh, you know putting up points on everyone else they give up quite a bit it looks like but um I mean, if you can score more than the other team, 
Yeah. That's kind of the goal, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't always want to get really, no really shit. That, that's the brilliant uh, analysis you yes. guys come here for. <laughs> we could just is, end is the show just right score now. Score more than the other team. <laughs> right. Um, the other big game in Division Three this week, a um, bit of a, a rivalry game, I believe. Lebanon and Stevens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevens, I, you know, they come out with a, a, a 14-12 win over Laconia last week. And, um, you know, they're at 5-1, and one too. Um, you know, and they're an, an upset in week two against Newport away from being undefeated just like Lebanon is. Yeah, uh, and they have a tough, tough end to their schedule. Yeah, Lebanon at Trinity and then hillsborough Daring Hopkinton right. to finish out the year. Um, I, and I guess, you know, I, I think after that loss to Newport, uh, a lot of people kind of maybe were, you know, what what's what's up with yeah, Stevens? Like, very is, quickly are they, questioning. Yeah, them. yeah, and, you know, they rattle off four wins in a row, um, you know, beating Laconia, you know, not made they're da- a little down this yeah, year. Still but a quality but win, still though. a good win. It's a good program. So I guess we really find out how serious a contender they are this week uh, when they host Lebanon. Yeah, uh, almost certainly. I mean, I think again, you could the easy case is Lebanon's the best team in that division, and then then it's a question of you know what does Stevens have going on? Well, that will be answered this week. Trinity obviously is is very very good. Um, you know, Hillsborough and Manadnock are kind of on the cusp, depending on how the rest of their seasons play out. Campbell. And, and Campbell, I, I mean, we'll find out more about that. I mean, their their biggest game so far has been the one against Trinity. Yeah. Um, they've played, uh, you know, they, they beat Laconia too. But other than that, their their wins have been against the bottom yeah. tier, the, d- the division. So, I mean, we'll really learn about them in the last two weeks. They play Manadnock, and then they go to Lebanon to right. finish out the season. Right. That's really when we'll A lot of we'll big game. Out. Division three finishes tough, yeah. all of them. Yeah, very tough. Um, no Division Four games this past week, um, you know. So you know, no changes there. You still got Winnesquam sitting on top of the the division, um, but they've got a big game coming up Saturday afternoon against Bishop Brady. Yeah, so that's probably the the one D four game to keep an eye on. Yep. Yeah, game of the week there. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts to add before we wrap up for the week? I don't think so. I can't believe that we've come this far this quick. We say that every single year. I used to say it as a coach. used to say it as a player, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe just to the players, if any any players are listening to this, just think about how quick it's gone and enjoy the next few weeks. Like, just enjoy it. The, the weather is that great fall weather now, and uh, as quickly as those first six weeks went, Oh, These the last, last three, three yeah. Cook. Oh, yeah. So enjoy it with your teammates. Um, go out there and upset somebody that maybe somebody like me or you thought <laughs> you didn't have a chance hey, we, to go we upset. We carried you out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. have some fun. It's been a it's been a really cool season so far. I'm I'm really impressed with the parity in these leagues and uh, you know with some of the upsets that have taken place. It's made it a lot of fun. Where are you going? Have you decided yet? Uh that's still a little bit up in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, every week, it, every week it kind of depends on what, who, who else I'm able to find to right. do. You know, this game or that game. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I should have that figured out as we get a little closer to Friday. Looks like it's going to be another great uh, weather day. Maybe a little cooler, but no rain. Uh, fingers can't crossed. Can't ask for anything yeah, more in yeah. New Hampshire in the fall. All right. He is uh, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. I'm Joe Marcellino. We'll talk to you again next week.